Campbell and Cohen's Kooky Quarantine. I'm Seamus Campbell. I'm Ben Cohen. So yeah, we're bringing to you uh, together, we're coming together for a very special episode because it seems that the Democratic primary is now officially over. Something, 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 Hunger Games music. I'm not going to do the whistle because I would be bad at it. So in case anyone hasn't heard the news, Bernie Sanders suspended his campaign this morning. Uh, the commentators on CNN announced that he also did not say anything really great about uh Joe Biden, who is now the likely nominee, uh, he's also only suspending his campaign. Uh, he is going to continue actually having his delegates on the ballot this way that he can also try to influence the platform. Mm-hmm. And what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's that's not exactly unheard of. Um, and I know for a lot of states, I mean, I'm here in Kansas, we're not actually having our primary for another month. Uh, so the ballots were already printed while Elizabeth Warren and Tulsi Gabbard were still in the race. Uh, so I know there are going to be a lot of states like like mine that his name was going to be on there anyway, you know. But the ballots are literally printed, so he's there. Let people say this is who I would have wanted. The end result is going to be the same at this point, so I'm not terribly bothered by that. I know there's a lot that they want to do in terms of impacting the platform. That's going to be, I think, very important for just general. Uh, Democratic Party unity going forward, so let it happen. It hurts no one. Interesting, like, fluke that I actually learned of today is that uh, uh, the Democratic commissioner, or the party commissioners can actually remove hey, someone. Right there. I had some, like, honking noise start coming through the audio when you were talking there. Honking, like, honk, honk, like, no, a, like a car horn. Oh. There's no cars near me. I, I don't know if it was just something with the microphone or what, um, but yeah, I, I didn't actually hear what you were saying. I assumed you were censoring yourself. Like, there was a lot of profanity there. <laughs> uh, maybe the internet's trying to censor me, or actually, no, Bernie's hacked my computer. He's trying to censor me. That's what's going on. Uh, either that or, uh, Ben, you have started hallucinating, which, you know, you got to stay off the LSD. That's all I gotta say. It's my lifestyle, okay? I'm not leaving the house. But LSE is only fun when you're with other people, and Zoom just doesn't cut it. You actually have to be there experiencing, well, or so I read. I've never actually done it. Clearly, you are the expert. No, I've just read a lot about Steve Jobs, because he's a jerk, or was a jerk. Thank you. So, what I was trying to say is that actually the... Democratic commissioners in the New York State Board of Elections are actually empowered to remove from the ballot anyone who has suspended their campaign. And since he said you, since Bernie used the word suspend, it's possible. He could, yeah. it, it looks like New York may actually suspend it, end its presidential campaign or prime. Legally, can they do that? According to our state budget, it it looks like that can happen. Huh. Uh it's not. It's one of those things where the Democratic commissioners on the bo- state board of elections have used the term "we'll see" on if they're going to do that or not. But yeah, I'd be curious then how they would handle delegates to the convention. Uh, in that case, if it's all, if they end, uh, end the Democratic primary, then it would be Biden gets all of New York's delegates, and then 
with the plios and those of you that are not party hacks those are party leader elected officials and at larges they would just all be chosen by our state party so could be an interesting uh, thing so and then as i was saying to ben uh before we started i'm now officially two-thirds done with graduate school so i'm very happy which also caused me to get on late but you know Small victories here and there. I just want all of our listeners to know I was patiently sitting here in one of the most comfortable chairs in my house, petting my dog, you know, waiting for all that time. This beard First, that I have that none of our listeners can see, it wasn't there 15 minutes ago. I will. I The listeners cannot tell this, but I'm looking at Ben's chair. And it actually does look very comfortable. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in something that is made of wood and about twice as old as me it's an antique that my father owns it's resilient that's important in these times so ben how have you been doing you know getting by today obviously i mean we decided to record today because of the news that has just broken i've just been in the time that i've had because i do work from home still um I've been kind of enjoying skimming the responses that people have had to the news to what is effectively the end of the Democratic primary. Obviously, emotions and reactions are mixed. Mostly trying not to get in and inflame anything because there's just no point to that. I have been congratulating the friends of mine that have been working on Biden's campaign for job well done. Then I have a few friends that are on well, as of today, I no longer work for Bernie Sanders. And I did say, you know, you get, did a good job, you know, trying to be uh, magnanimous through all of this. I think that's the response that people who were not in the Sanders camp need to have. It's what I, I think what I would have asked of people who responded, because I mean, I was a big Elizabeth Warren supporter when she, uh, when she suspended her campaign. And outside of, you know, the very few people that I know who supported some of the kind of fringe candidates that jumped in early on, the Marianne Williamson's and the like, I've tried to do that for everyone else because a lot of people have invested a lot of time and a lot of heart into this primary cycle, which is sort of what happens when it starts a year and a half early and features somewhere around 20 candidates. I've been trying to do that for most of the candidates except for two. Tulsi Gabbard because... Vladimir's going to be fine. Don't worry. And in case she's trying to sue us, you know, I would love for her people to have to, like, serve us. Uh, For those of you that do not know, after Hillary Clinton said that she was a Russian asset, she tried to sue Hillary Clinton, but then was unable to actually serve the papers to Hillary so that's sort of in legal limbo and then so Tulsi Gabbard she can just go away please the other one was Marion Williamson where for her she also has very anti-disabled views believes that vaccines cause autism you know those normal things great views to be having right now in the midst of the pandemic mm-hmm. so when she left I uh, posted on the YDA Disability Issues Caucus page, basically, we're very happy to see you gone. And a few people asked, wait, you can't get involved in a primary. And we're like, 
she's no longer a candidate, so we're now calling her out as a private person. And, and everyone was like, I don't think there's anyone who is going to do that much to you for it. Um, there are a lot of people who have things that they could bring to the table during this primary cycle, and they did, and they will still have their opportunities. Somebody like that, who thankfully was just just competent enough to realize that it wasn't really going to happen her way uh, to get out when she did, was not one of them. And one of the things that I think we can all focus on to you know restore unity is to just remember that hey, at least nobody actually went for Marianne Williamson. Except for a few people who got mad at me on Twitter when I made some quip about her when she came to the YDA convention in Indianapolis last summer. I, I honestly don't even remember what I said. There were, there is one person who I actually, I guess I can say who it is because they are signed up to be a guest. Uh, Melissa Shapiro, when she saw Marion Williamson come on, she ran for the door at the YDA convention. And as a result, actually, we, my caucus put out a resolution or got a resolution passed that said, here's all the reasons why we hate Marion Williamson without ever saying her name. And that passed unanimously. I was just mad at her for not uh, bringing campaign-branded crystals. (laughs) I think if she had done that, she would have done much better. There was one person uh, who did say to me uh, that her Health and Human Services Secretary would be a Himalayan rock crystal. And I had to think to myself, where's the lie? No, no, it's it's, it's spot on. Mm. And I don't think there's anything in the in the law that says it actually the cabinet secretary has to be a human person. I assume there is some language somewhere that that makes it fairly clear, but no, it probably was never considered enough of an issue to have it, you know, explicitly spelled out, which, you know, if there's a loophole, yeah, let's exploit it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm totally for exploiting loopholes. Besides, who are we to say that a rock crystal does not have a soul? I, I, you know, I've never asked. I don't know. But These are the existential questions we have, have to start, start asking. Sorry? If we're going to do that, we're going to have to start letting them vote. No, no, no. Let's not get crazy. You know, we already know that voting by mail will increase fraud. So what are we going to start doing? Allowing, if we allow all crystals to vote, we're, you know, we're just opening the floodgates for all Democrats to get elected. No, no, Tisk. And anyone who actually thinks I'm being serious there, I was being sarcastic because I'm just using the Republican talking points. I've never heard you be sarcastic, Seamus. What are you talking about? I know. I'm always serious. So, listeners, I'm sorry that you had to experience my failed attempt at sarcasm. I'm sorry that we had to remind them that Marianne Williamson exists, but here we are. It's the end of the primary and some reflection is necessary. And also, it's probably worth noting that it's only... I think 38 days ago that Pete Buttigieg dropped out. That's how crazy this past month has been. So much has happened. I mean, I think everyone had to know that there was going to be a point where a number of people were going to start backing away. I mean, once you started having votes taken and a lot of people realized that the support wasn't there for them, um, the way things turned... It's it's debatable how surprising it is that things the momentum shifted from you know what looked like it was going to be a fight between Buttigieg and Sanders very early on to just kind of the route that Biden turned it into afterwards. Logically, if you think about the fact that it's the candidate with the most name recognition 
and the one who likely would have been the candidate if he had run four years ago, that part of it doesn't surprise me quite as much. A lot of people are also not realizing that the way that it all happened was basically Biden just swept Bernie in South Carolina, won every county after he got the endorsement of uh, Jim Clyburn. And he, uh, and then afterward, everyone started realizing, oh, Biden actually has a shot. So uh, they all started voting for him on Super Tuesday, and the entire dynamic changed. Of course, sometimes people want to armchair quarterback and put play a little bit too much into figuring this all out, as when usually it's just the KISS principle that's at play. So where do you think the party goes from here? Because I'm reading a lot of Bernie bros that are just going to be saying, I'm sitting this one out. So a little bit of hard truth in a time when I think we're trying to not get carried away with anything. There are a lot of people in that camp who are not high propensity voters as it is, which you know isn't great in itself because you want them to be more engaged, but it doesn't necessarily rewrite the math. And a lot of people that need to process their frustration. Again, this is somebody that a lot of people were very passionate about. Um, not everyone's instinct, the moment that a movement that they care about sort of comes to its conclusion, is to just dust themselves off and move on. And that's not really the most unreasonable thing. For a lot of people, there is going to be processing. They have been very sold on the idea that the person who is now going to go with the nomination is as much the enemy as the actual enemy. Whether that's rational or not, and I think you and I, Seamus, can both agree that it isn't, is something that a lot of people are going to process, and that's, you know, that's a healing thing for them. Um, there are going to be some of them that will continue to say that afterwards. I know I've had people tell me that they plan on not voting or not voting for either of the major parties now, but I think you're going to see a decent amount of them, and I saw the same thing in 2016, allow themselves to process their feelings and their emotions about where we are. And they're going to do the right thing. They're going to cast their vote for Joe Biden in the fall. And it's not because they've magically become enamored of this person. It's because they know that there is a greater context to the vote that they're casting and the impact that it has. Um, and even if it doesn't get them everywhere that they would have liked to have been in the next couple of years, it gets them a hell of a lot closer than another term for Donald Trump would. And more to that, actually. So, day after Super Tuesday, there was one person I know who was a big Bernie bro, and he basically posted on Facebook, congratulations, establishment, you got what you want. And basically, he had a temper tantrum. And I messaged him, and I said to him, well, here's the thing. If you don't vote for the Democratic nominee, future progressive candidates will look at those the voting turnout from your precinct and they'll say I can't win here because one of the things that does and Ben and I both know this and is that they candidates do look at the voter turnout in previous elections and to see what their chances are so if they don't vote for the Democrat then it will actually hurt other candidates mm -hmm. well, and that yeah there, but actually in Sorry, go on. Keep interrupting each other, which is how it is with real friendships. You know, we finish each other's sentences. We're, I was going to say it's because we're two white guys and we're just used to interrupting people. That too. 
Uh, but actually, that person, he finally said, you know, I'm thinking about it, you're right. You know, it's only going to hurt other candidates. And he also realized that president, in many ways, is actually not as powerful as people think it is. It's usually your state and local candidates that are going to have the biggest impact on your life. And he realized that it is important that he votes for the Democratic nominee. He says, you know, I'm probably just going to be venting for a long time on social media because I am still processing my feelings. And that's okay. And that's something that I kind of had to condition myself to realize about a lot of people who were disappointed in the primary result in 2016. Um, A lot of the ones complaining about Hillary Clinton winning then, saying a lot of the things that you're seeing from Bernie supporters about Joe Biden now, they're the same ones that were willing to do the right thing in November of that year. Um, But they want to make their opinion known. And there are times where, you know, I've been blunt with them that I found it distracting um, that it was belaboring a certain point that people who were not, maybe not out like active parts of the electoral process would see and would get the wrong idea from. And you do need to be careful about that. But to an extent, there is something that is permissible about just allowing that because I don't know, I had this half baked analogy in my head about one election not being the Super Bowl, you know, not being the be all end all, and then it resets. Um, but just to apply that here, it continues on and people are still going to be passionate about something. And for a lot of them, you know, I, I would be very surprised as much as I know some people are saying today that they want to see it. I would be very surprised if Bernie were to run a third time in 2024, either to, you know, take back the White House or to be a primary challenger to Joe Biden, as I've seen at least one person suggest but there are other progressive candidates out there that feel like this movement got them started in politics that are going to bring some valuable things to the table going forward. And for some of them, I think if we want to continue encouraging them and letting them do their work and develop and become better activists and candidates, letting them be passionate in that way is not the worst thing. Um, At the same rate, I think that it is, a while also the Biden supporters like myself have to be magnanimous, I think also at the same time, it is important that the Bernie supporters also are good losers. They don't go after and start screaming at friends that were Biden supporters, as I have been seeing in some cases, uh, because honestly, all you're just going to end up doing is just hurting friendships. and. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think any. I think no one will agree that a campaign is more important than a friendship. You're gonna see, you're gonna see that sort of thing happen, but you're gonna see less and less of it uh, as as things move on. Like I've been saying, it's a way for people to process, um, and probably something of a necessary one, because you just bottle something up like that, and it can get disastrous. Um, I think there are, well, I do agree with you, but I think there also have to be better ways of coping because especially with everything that, with everything going on with COVID-19, you know, there are, everyone has to have their own way of dealing with the stress of just life. Ask them if they've seen Tiger King and, you know, just distract everyone with the discussion about if Carol Baskins did it or not. Um, Now that we've gotten that obligatory reference out of the way. Hold on. Actually, we... I think we have to, before we finish up, we do have to bring up two things. 
one, well, obviously Carol Baskin did it, so that's the first one. But sardine oil thing, man. Come on. She knows. A tiger at the Bronx Zoo contracted COVID nineteen. So in I'm not sure if I think Ben's Ben's audio went out for a second, but he just said, I know. And uh, there's a lot of people asking, like, oh, why is a tiger getting the testing and not a human? It's a different test. Let's put that to bed. But Carol Baskin has not yet denied that she gave the tiger COVID-19. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying she did it, but I'm saying that she, she has not said that she has not done it. I think the tigers are safe from uh, from her wrath, you know. Even with the husband that she probably fed to a tiger, I feel like there's been a lot coming out saying he might have sort of... Well, let me put it this way. You remember the song Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks? No, but okay. Keep going. You, should, you know, go, go, get on the YouTube and look it up after we're done recording. Uh, same advice to any of our listeners who don't know it, which if they don't, come on. Classic. By which I mean it came out when I was in high school. Um... And these are the terms that would go on. You know, uh, an ode to, let's say, showing an abuser uh, what's right in a somewhat proactive fashion. Make of that what you will. But just because we have to end always on Tiger King, there is also a new episode of Tiger King that will be coming out later this week. So by the time that we have our next episode, it looks like we will be discussing that. And we can all all come together with that yes so to all the bernie supporters out there we're sorry that you're what you're going through but if you really need a way to escape watch tiger king and also i have some good news to end on as well it looks like the tiger is recovering well from covid19 This has been Campbell and Cohen's Kooky Quarantine. Big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for composing our theme music. I've been Seamus Campbell. I've been Ben Cohen. Thanks, everyone, and stay safe.